0: Welcome to Champion Church of the Nazarene's weekly sermon podcast. Fear is something that is universal and can shape every relationship, even our relationship with God. In our final installment of Boundaries of Freedom, we discover how fear cannot be mixed with God's way for our lives, and how God frees us from fear. We live in a world filled with mediators. You know what a mediator is? It is somebody who is a third party between two parties that need to come together in some kind of way, right? There's economic mediators. There's, there's, uh, For example, there's arbitrators in our professional sports leagues that will make a determination on a, a player's salary if the player's agent and the team cannot come to an agreement. They have judges that are... T- supposed to be impartial, that mediate a legal process that oversees moments when somebody hurts another human being and what is the appropriate response to that? We have ambassadors that mediate our world leaders and countries. But it's not just the big political and economic stuff. We have relational mediators, don't we? There are counselors When a marriage finds itself on the rocks, the best thing to do is to go to a counselor and begin to speak through some of the things that are going on so that the marriage can become healthier, so it can stay together, even. Parents are mediators when siblings begin to fight. How many of you were a mediator this morning? (laughs) And that's not just for kids, that's not just for parents with young kids, that's for us older adults too, because guess what? Our siblings still fight. I can't say that I'm untouched from that. Maybe my sibling and I might have gotten into a disagreement this week. There are laws too. There are non-human mediators. There are laws that mediate how we begin to live with each other. We are a world of mediators. And the concept is, is again, they help us be able to stay in a good relationship with one another. However, mediators can be flawed. Mediators, if they are partial in any way, shape, or form, can cause great relational upheaval. Let's really be honest about this. For example, if you have a favorite as a parent which none of you do, right? None of you parents have favorites. But if you secretly have a favorite, there might be a moment where you mediate a situation in a wrong way. If judges have skin in the game and they don't recuse themselves, they can cause immense injustice for that courtroom. We have laws friends that we could say are quite unjust because they lean towards a certain way mediators as humans can cause a big stink of things they really can today we are going to finish our series boundaries of freedom by understanding that God has sent a mediator for you and I. And we'll get to that here in just a second. But if you're here for the first time, the boundaries of freedom, this whole entire series has been about the Ten Commandments. A lot of people see the Ten Commandments as something that keep us from doing something. We actually look at the Ten Commandments and we think to ourselves, that doesn't help us be free. If anything, it doesn't let me do what I want. Because that's what we define freedom as. We define freedom as, I should be able to do what I want, have the relationships that I have, what I want, worship who I want, have values that I want, do what I want. But as we have discovered in the past four weeks, we've discovered that the Ten Commandments was given to a group of people who were oppressed in slavery for years and God lifted these people out of slavery, provided for them in a great many ways. And then after saving them and after providing for them, he says, look, I want to be your God and I want you to be my people. So this is how you begin to be my people. And God didn't save a people who were enslaved so that they could be enslaved again, but rather so that they could live a free life. A life that is completely dependent upon God. A life that gives freedom to their neighbors. And so what we've done is, we've looked at the Ten Commandments in a way thematically, right? The first three where it says, I am God alone and you shall have no other gods before me and you shouldn't make idols and you won't use my name. What we learned is this. We learned that God frees us to be human. You can't manipulate God. God is who He is. And you can't use God for your own means. So what He says, you either have to accept or not. That's the the human factor. It's that free will. The second week, we looked at this commandment that says, hey, set a day out of your week to rest. You are not designed to work continuously. In fact, if you work continuously, you will lead not only, you're saying that you don't trust me as your God, but you also are saying, well, you know what? My neighbor doesn't deserve rest either. God has designed us for rest once a week. And then in the next few, we talked about do not kill, honor your father and mother, uh, do not commit adultery, and do not lie. We discovered that these four are in the relationship with our neighbors. And when we kill and when we commit adultery and when we lie and when we argue and lash out against other generations, all of this is, is a power struggle. It's a power struggle to get what I want. God says, no, be free of that. Be free of this power struggle that the world so loves to do. And lastly, God frees us to be content. Don't steal and don't desire, don't covet what your neighbor has. Your only desire is to be God and God alone. See, these commandments free us from so much of what our society says is what freedom is. When in reality, what freedom is in our society often enslaves us. The inability to to be the, the main factor of what you believe or to be continuously defined by what you work or to be continuously fighting and struggling with other people for what you want... And the ability to buy what you want and get what you want actually enslaves us. And so you would think that since we got through the Ten Commandments, we're done. Hey, we're done. Okay, thanks. There was, but what was really funny is that I read the next three verses directly after the Ten Commandments. And there's not a commandment here. It's within this narrative. That there is one other thing that God looks to free us from. So what we're going to do is we're going to be in Exodus chapter 20 beginning with verse 18. It will be up on the screen for you as we read it. But what we're going to find out is that Israel does something here that sort sort of sets back the relationship between Israel and God. And it's because of something that every single one of us struggle with. And in the midst of this, they appoint a mediator. So read with me, Exodus chapter 20, beginning with verse 18. When all the people witnessed the thunder and the lightning, the sound of the horn and the mountain smoking, the people shook with fear and stood at a distance. They said to Moses, you speak to us. And we will listen, but do not let God speak to us or we will die. Moses said to the people, don't be afraid because God has come only to test you and to make sure you are always in awe of God so that you don't sin. The people stood at a distance while Moses approached the thick darkness in which God was present. See, right before we receive the Ten Commandments, we sort of hear what God's presence is like. And guess what? If you were in the presence of God with the Israelites, you would probably feel exactly what they feel. If you go back one chapter in chapter 19, thunder, lightning. Some of us are scared of thunder and lightning as it is but then there's smoke going around and there's things that they have never seen ever in their entire lives. This God is powerful. This God is terrifying. And this God, who is all-powerful and terrifying, is saying to them, hey, hey, look, I want you to be my people. I mean... How many of us would go up to something that we're afraid of and say, hey, I want to I be in a relationship with you. I want to be a friend. How many of you would go up to a spider and say, hey, let's be friends? Some of you would not. <laughs> How many of you want to go befriend a bear this morning? Mm, play dead. But the reality of God is that even though he is this big, powerful being he's unexplainable and he's uncontrollable this god saved them from slavery this god provided for them in the wilderness and that wasn't enough that wasn't enough they were still afraid of this god who has shown that He loves them, that He's for them, that He is with them, that He is going to provide for them. Even though God in this covenant is offering an intimacy, what they do is they stand back because they are afraid. I say, hey, Moses you go and deal with that giant God who wants to be in a relationship with us. Sometimes I still think that there are many people in today's world see God the way that the Israelites see God in this moment. They are scared to death of Him. There are people who believe in Christ and they think that they cannot get close to God because they're scared. And this is a moment that Leo Cox reminds us that children of God need not fear divine providences, but a godly fear that leads to reverence and obedience is essential. In other words, friends, if we're afraid of God in a way that we separate ourselves from God, we don't get what God wants. We don't get who God is. Rather, the fear of God that's talked about in the Old Testament so much more talks about an awe, a reverence. Guess what? If you love a human being, do you ever get scared? You do get scared. You know why? Because you don't want to hurt them. It's not a fear of separation. It's a fear of maybe losing intimacy. It's a fear of wronging somebody that we love that is the kind of fear that is talked about all through the old testament the fear of god is the beginning of wisdom the fear is i am afraid of hurting god i am afraid of what i do will affect god in a way because god has said to the israelites hey i'm your god be my people nothing changes that I'm your God, be my people. So they appoint Moses to be their mediator. Moses stands in the gap between Israel and God. Moses will go and talk to God. God will speak to Moses. Moses will come back to the people and he will share what he heard from God. Do you think Moses ever was scared? <clears throat> you ever think that Moses, as a human, well, there's, there's a good chance that there might be some moments where Moses doesn't live up to the mediating parts of his job. And the fact of the matter is, is that Moses will officially die at some point. <laughs> who's going to be the mediator at that point? The Ten Commandments, as it is written, is written in a way that says God is speaking to the people directly, like I am speaking to you directly right now. They are actually hearing the Ten Commandments. This is what we call direct revelation. Fancy, I know, right? It means that there is no mediator between what God is saying and the people of Israel. But after he says this, they say, hey, Moses, go and be our mediator. And directly after that, everything would come through Moses. Walter Brueggemann says it this way, in their fear, the people move to secure protection from Yahweh. They're so scared of God that they say, ah, you saved me, but you provided for us. That's great, but I'm scared of you. Here, Moses, you go. Protect us from this crazy, powerful God. They move to secure protection from Yahweh in the person of Moses, and they ask Moses to be the go between. They forego an intimate, direct relationship because of their fear. And they say, Moses, you go do it. And here's what's beautiful. God doesn't strike them dead. He accommodates them. God's nicer than what we like to think. God says, okay, yeah, all right. Sure. We can do it this way. And as years would go on, as Moses would pass away... The mediator for God throughout all of the Old Testament would look differently. It would look like other leaders. It would look like kings. It would look like prophets. It would look like Scripture. It would look like wisdom. It would look like priests. It was all up to these mediators to discern and interpret what God was wanting for Israel. Sadly, if you move forward in the timeline, the mediators let their fear control their relationship with God and with others. And this is when Jesus came into the world. And you find all of these mediators, all these religious leaders, saying things like, if it's the Sabbath, you can literally only walk this many steps. If you're going to go that many steps, make sure you take your mat because you're going to have to sit on that mat because you took that many steps on the Sabbath. Can you imagine on the Sabbath, leaving your house, man, I really need milk. You get to the grocery store. I took the amount of steps that I needed. Well, I guess I get to enjoy my milk here in the grocery store. It's ridiculous. But this was a law as enforced by the mediators of god in fact they began using the law they began using god's words in a way that oppressed others do you know why because they their main way of relating with people and with god was fear they were afraid if they get too close to this sick person that they would never be welcomed by God ever again. They were afraid if they got near the hungry that maybe, just maybe, it's over. I can no longer be where I'm at. The reality of it is that fear causes human beings to begin thinking of themselves first. Instead of relying upon God, who is the Savior, who is the provider, who is the one who wants what's best for human beings. So as Jesus comes on to the scene and he begins to heal people and he begins to do things that didn't fit in perfectly to all the laws that these mediators were following, guess what happened? Conflict. are you healing on the Sabbath? How dare you? It's the Lord's day. Don't don't you understand what my Father intended for these laws? Don't you understand that these Ten Commandments, this covenant was not a covenant of oppression. It was a covenant of freedom. And when you give in to fear, you will not love My father, you will not love your neighbor. And we begin to find loopholes in the covenant and say, hey, do not kill. But what if this person does this person, then we can kill. That's what it is. Because we need to feel better about what we want to do to our neighbor instead of trusting God to be the provider, the Savior, the one who is good. And so as Jesus lives this out, as Jesus gives himself over to the authorities who killed, just like every other world power at that time, as he would die on the cross And as he would raise again from the grave, he showed who he truly was. It wasn't just in his teachings. It wasn't just in his death. It just wasn't in his resurrection. It wasn't just in his virgin birth. It was all of it. Jesus showed that he was the promised Messiah, the very son of God. He was fully God and fully human. And at this moment, even to this moment, He is now the mediator between all of humanity and of God the Father. And the problem isn't you and me, the problem is the sin that we have in our lives. And you know what He does as a mediator? He loves us. He doesn't look to rule with an iron fist and with fear and say, if you do this watch out. If you lie to a person, watch out for that uh, patch of ice I'm going to send in your way. That's not what he does. And people who say this stuff are not receiving the good news of Jesus Christ. Thomas Odin says it this way, Jesus, he was the Son of God, the promised Messiah, the one mediator between God and humanity, who as truly God was truly human, and he liberated, he who liberated humanity from the power of sin by his death on the cross. God showed who he was in Jesus Christ by saying, I love you so much, I will die. You know what else is interesting? Interesting. Jesus, this mediator who comes into the world to save us. You know what he says all the time throughout his ministry? He says the same thing Moses said Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of me. Don't be afraid of your neighbor. Don't be afraid. You can trust me. You can follow me. And yeah, things along your journey are going to be unfair. You are going to be hated. You are going to hurt. You are going to be in pain. You are going to suffer. Don't be afraid. I have you. Trust me. Trust that what I am showing you in how to live is truly how to live. Trust that this freedom that I have given you is truly amazing and good. Do not live your life in fear. God says, trust me, I am your God, your Savior, your Liberator, your Provider. Because guess what will happen if you fear? You will be more apt to lie to get your way. You will be more apt to see your own pleasure as being more important than the people you are in relationship with. If you fear, you will turn to other gods and worship them. You'll put all your time and energy over here instead of trusting me. You'll think you have to work to be able to live continuously, 24-7. When we fear, the Ten Commandments becomes oppressive. When we fear... The Ten Commandments doesn't look like freedom any longer. Jesus came to show us that no matter how often we killed others, stole from others, lied to others, worshipped other gods, used God's name in vain, all of it, Jesus came to show that he was not here to say, Ha! Gotcha! For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. For he did not send his Son into the world to condemn it, but to save it. Jesus, the mediator, has shown us grace and love. You know who he wasn't the nicest to, though? He wasn't nice to religious people who took the law and used it as a standard for other human beings and say, well, you killed somebody. You deserve to die. Oh, you didn't do what God said to do. Therefore, you must be punished. You know who Jesus yelled at? It wasn't the woman caught in adultery. It wasn't the people who were in sin. It was the people who said they weren't in sin and using the covenant of freedom as a covenant of oppression. And there are too many people in this day and age who say they believe in Jesus, but they fear in such a way that they use God and His Scripture as a holy hand grenade See, this is what happens whenever you do what's wrong. God's going to get you. That's not Jesus. That's us. That's our fear. That's us projecting our fear onto other human beings. Let us not mistake our fear for who Jesus was and how he lived. Christ's mediation wasn't judgment, friends. It was forgiveness and salvation. And His greatest judgment was for those who turned His covenant of freedom into oppression. Friends, what is your fear? Is your fear that God's not going to provide in the way that you want? Is you fear that things are going to be unfair in this life and you need to make sure that it, something that's unfair never happens to you? It's really funny. I can't tell you how many times I've heard parents say to kids, that's life. But we so rarely live it ourselves. Are you afraid that God's not gonna provide exactly what you need to live out this life for? Are you afraid of what other people will think of you? Are you afraid? What are you afraid of? Are you afraid that God is terrifying and will zap you at the moment that you sin? Friends, that's not what God came into the world for. He came into the world of, with love and truth and frees us and says, I am with you to the very end of the age. Live in the way I have called you to live. Love me. Love your neighbor. Are you afraid of your neighbor? There are too many people in the church that are afraid of our neighbors. We are. And we support things or we don't even talk to our actual neighbors, let alone support things that do injustice to our neighbor. Do not fear. That is the boundary of freedom. If you want to live a free life, God frees you from fear. Friends, with fear... We will use the Ten Commandments. We will use them. You know what using is? Using is for things. I use my phone to call somebody. I use my car to get somewhere. But if I use a person, or if I use God, I begin to use the Ten Commandments for my own way. With fear, we will use the Ten Commandments. Free from fear, we will live them. Do you hear that, friends? Do you see the difference? With fear, we will use the Ten Commandments. Free from fear, we will live them. Living without fear is the the mindset of people who go into places that you and I are scared to do and to do the work of God. Living out fear is the reason why doctors go to epidemics and they rush to care for those at the cost of their own lives. In World War II, when there was a sickness that broke out in a concentration camp, There were priests who did not have fear and they went straight to Dachau knowing that they were either never coming out of that concentration camp because of what they were doing for those people or because they were going to be infected themselves. Living without fear causes us to reach out beyond our own family and caring for the least of these where blood and last name doesn't matter. I see you. You are a child loved by God, and I love you because He has loved me. But if you fear the poor, or if you fear those who are sick, or if you fear those who are hungry, guess what you do? You stay away. Even though we are called to take care of the least of these. Fear will cause you to hold a grudge over somebody because guess what? It ain't fair. Fear is the things that keep, fear, is the main drive behind us not forgiving each other. Fear is what causes us to say to a human being who thinks differently than us you are my enemy and you must be defeated. And that's not just in inter- interpersonal relationships. That's our entire worldview, friends. If we see people as enemies, what we are showing is that we fear them more than we trust God. And we've got to engage in the power struggle. We've got to take it back from our enemies. When God says, when Jesus says, Hey, love your enemies. Somebody takes your coat, give them your tunic as well. If somebody slaps you in the face, hand them your other cheek. Friends, as we close, know that the Ten Commandments will just be. Something that enslaves you or something you use to enslave others if you have fear. When God, when Moses in that very moment says, don't fear. You don't need to be separated. Run to God. God craves an intimate life with you where you look to him not only for what is right and what is wrong, but you look to him for every need, for every part of your life for the right worldview, for the right self-esteem, for the right everything. Do not fear, for God has come to give you freedom. Are you willing to live with Him in His boundaries of freedom in this world? Thanks for listening to Champion Church of the Nazarene's weekly sermon podcast. We hope you were inspired by this week's message. We would love for you to join us on a Sunday morning for our service, which begins at 1030 a.m. We are located at 3924 High Street Northwest in Warren, Ohio. For more information about our ministries or if you'd like to contribute to our ministries online, please visit us at championnaz.org.